Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. We live in a culture of comparison. Every day we see somebody else's highlight reel, where they're getting a new job, a brand new car, a brand new house, or they have the love life that you admire and desire. We live in a culture where the grass just always seems greener on the other side. Today we're going to look at a Bible character named Peter. He is someone that many of us can relate to because he fell into the comparison trap as well. You see, Jesus had given him an awesome task and a big assignment, but instead of being focused on that, he was comparing himself to somebody else. And so today we're going to dive into how we can spark joy by letting go of comparison and embracing the unique purpose that God has given us. Good morning, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Yeah. All right. Great to see you this morning. Um, how many of you went and watched Tidying Up after last week? Yep. Okay. Great. Um, we started an awesome uh, series last week, and it was a great first week. We dealt with baggage and how to let go of the, the things we're carrying in life. But this week, um, we're going to deal with comparison, and I'm so excited to dive in. Would you go with me, if you have your Bibles, turn or click to John uh, chapter 21, starting at the 19th verse. John chapter 21, starting at verse 19. And it reads, then Jesus told him, him being Peter, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you follow me. I want to talk to you today about letting go of comparison. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Bless your word and give us ears to hear in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Have y'all ever had a moment that you just wish you could take back? You ever had a situation where you said something, did something, and you're just like, I wish I could do that over again. There was a movie, um, with Adam Sandler called click. And in that movie, he had this remote where he could rewind situations and do them over again. And every now and then we all have those situations. And I guess it was my turn because the other day, uh, we had some friends visiting in town and one of them was engaged and she was, um, about mid forties. And, um, it was a great time. She had a mom, her mom who was mid sixties lived here. And so we were going over to the house and I remember I had glimpsed her mom one time before I was trying to remember what she looked like. And so we got to the house and, uh, Erica was at the door. That was her name. And she opened it. We said, hi, great to see you. And down the hallway, there was another woman who I assume was Erica's mom. And so I was being, uh, 
um, proactive and I said, hey, you must be Erica's mom. Nice to meet you. Um, This woman looked at me like I had lost my mind and she says these words to me. I'm not her mother. I'm her daughter. I felt about this big. It was one of the most embarrassing moments in my life. There was no way to recover from that. You know, you just, you just go on with the day. The problem was I had compared this 20 something year old to look like her 60 year old grandmother. It, it was not my finest moment to say the least, but, uh, the, the, the problem for her is that I, I had compared her to something that she did not feel was a good comparison, but, uh, our biblical character today, uh, a guy named Peter, he knew all about what it was like to make really dumb decisions. I, I like Peter because, uh, Peter was someone I could relate to. Peter had this, uh, wonderful characteristic that he would just really do some amazing amazing things, but the amazing things usually were followed by something really, really dumb. There was a duality, an ambiguity to, uh, to Peter's nature. What do I mean by that is, uh, in Matthew 14, Peter begins to walk on water and immediately after he begins to sink, he, he does one great thing. And then he does one really bad thing. And, uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter, Peter begins to, uh, say that Jesus is the Christ, the son of of the living God. And in a few moments after that, he begins to feel that he has the authority to correct Jesus and he gets rebuked in Matthew, the 26th chapter. He says to, uh, Jesus, I'll never desert you. I'm a ride or die. I'm here for you, Jesus. I'm, I'm here for you to the end. But the problem was a few moments later, he fell asleep while praying. And then in John 18, he pulls out a sword and says, Jesus, I'm willing to fight for you. In fact, he cuts off somebody ears. He was that uh, brave to do that. But then a few moments later, he denied Jesus three times. Uh, Peter was a little bit of an inconsistent character. He was righteous and ratchet. He was bold while also being a coward. He was someone who was uh, devoted, but also unfaithful. Peter had some ambiguity. He had a dual nature about him. But what I'm so glad about that even though Peter uh, messed up, even though Peter had some issues, even though Peter had some shortcomings, God still thought he was worth saving. That despite Peter's uh, difficulties, despite what he had done, God said, there is still value in you, Peter. I can still use you, Peter. And here's the good news. The same way that God looks at Peter is the same way that God looks at us. God looks at us and sees our failures and our flaws. And he says, I can still use you. That is still my son and my daughter. That is still someone who has value. That is still someone who is worth something to me. That's the way God sees us. God sees us as someone valuable. And here's your first fill in the blank is that you have a unique calling. God created you on purpose to fulfill a purpose. No matter where you come from, no matter what you have done. God created you on purpose to fulfill 
a purpose. You're unique. You are an original. When God made you, he broke the mold. He didn't want another uh, carbon copy of somebody else. When God looked at humanity and looked at things that he wanted to accomplish, he thought of you in his mind, created you to be the solution to a problem that you don't even know exists yet, that God has purpose for you to accomplish in this world. This is a fundamental truth for us to understand if we want to really get life. We've got to understand that we are here on purpose. And I don't know where you are in your journey. Maybe you're here today because you're just searching and looking. Or maybe you're, uh, you've been on this road for a long time and you still have questions. What I want to tell you is that regardless of where you are, God has a unique calling for your life. And you were created on purpose to fulfill purpose. The two most important days in your life is the day that you were born and the day you figure out why. Why am I here? The question that many of us ask ourselves and Peter, uh, the biblical context for the moment that we drop into is that Peter is getting the answer to that question You see, Peter had failed Jesus again after denying him and after seeing him resurrected, Peter decided, well, I don't know if I could wait any longer. I'm going to go fishing. And he went back to doing what he knew he could do. But while fishing, Jesus shows up on the shore and Peter jumps out. I'm telling y'all, Peter was reckless. He jumps out, throws off his tunic and doesn't wait for the boat to get there. He swims to shore, sees Jesus. They eat breakfast and then Jesus takes him to the side and says this is why you were born because I want to use you to build my church I want to use you to be a leader in a movement that will change the world Peter I have big plans for your life and this should be a moment of celebration and elation for Peter this should be a moment where he gets excited because I know my why I know why I'm here and I'm ready to accomplish that Jesus gives him this final command after he tells him this information he says now Peter follow me because the plans I have for you are great but Peter gets stuck Peter gets stuck because There's something in the way of him following Jesus. He gets caught in the comparison trap. You see, he sees John on the other side. Jesus is telling him to follow him forward, but he sees John when he looks behind him. And comparison can really mess us up in life. This is what comparison is. Comparison is the act of measuring or noting the similarities or dissimilarities between two or more person or things. We measure ourselves based on somebody else. And if we're really honest in here this morning, we have compared ourselves before. We look at other people's jobs and homes and spouses and we look at their personalities and we look at their gifts and their talents and we measure up to other people. And we miss the significance of who God has called us to be. 
The fact of the matter, my brothers and sisters, is that God never intended us to measure up against anyone. God never intended for us to see somebody else as our barometer or as the thing that we measure up against. God never called us to compare. And here's a truth about comparison. And this is your next fill in the blank is that comparison changes your focus and your focus determines your direction. You see, in the midst of hearing this amazing call from Jesus to follow him and do these amazing things, Peter gets stuck looking at somebody else. But this is not the first time that Peter has dealt with this. This has been a problem for Peter and the disciples for a long time, specifically with the disciple John. If we go over to Luke chapter 9 and verse 46, we see that the, the, uh, the main issue that they're arguing about is who is going to be the greatest. Then his disciples began arguing about which of them was the greatest. Instead of realizing that God has room in his kingdom for each and every one of us, that God didn't create anybody by accident, that if he created you, that he has purpose for you, he, they saw each other as competition instead of brothers and sisters to accomplish the vision. They missed the fact that God had made room for all of them and they were fighting amongst each other. They wanted to know who was the greatest. This is not the only place that this happens in Matthew chapter 20, starting at the 20th verse. We see that uh, John, uh, John, the disciple and his brother bring their mama into the situation. They they said, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my son sit. In places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. When the ten, when the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. In other words, they were angry. They were upset. And their issue is because they were battling with each other to find out who was the one that would be lifted up. Who was the one that, that uh, they were, their issue was they were comparing themselves with each other. And how many times do we do that? We get on Facebook and we begin to scroll and see how life is going for so many other people. And we begin to compare where we are with where they are. We, we look at other situations, um, Instagram, and we refuse to double tap on photos because, you know, it makes us feel less about ourselves. It, it's a dangerous situation when we fall into the comparison trap because God is trying to take Peter forward, but he is stuck looking at John. He is stuck worrying about what's happening with somebody else instead of focusing on what God wants to do in his life. And here, here's what comparison does is that it changes our focus from God's, the things that God wants to the things that I want. Comparison shifts my focus from the things that God wants to the things that I want. 
I'm no longer looking at his plan and moving forward. I'm looking at somebody else and desiring what they have. I want that instead of what God has for me. And our tech team did a phenomenal job. I wanted to paint the picture clearly for you. And this is really what it looks like. God's plan. You and your plans. God is trying to take you forward and he's looking at you like, what are you doing? And we are so focused, admiring what somebody else has, desiring something else for our lives. We don't get to see the significance of what God is trying to do in our lives because we're too focused looking behind us. And it's really hard to move forward when your head is looking backwards. It's really hard to see where God is trying to take you. And this is the mistake we make. We compare our development and growing season to somebody else's winning season. We see where they have already accomplished and we miss that God is still taking us through process. We miss the fact that I I can't compare myself to where they are. I have to focus on where God is trying to take me. That's the important aspect. We have to focus on what God is trying to do in our lives. And Peter misses this and he's wondering what about John? And here's the facts, my brothers and sisters, Theodore Roosevelt says it like this, that comparison is the thief of joy. It robs you of joy. You can't have joy and compare. In fact, when you compare, nobody wins. Nobody wins. And here's what it ends up going to, if you go to the next slide, comparison steals your joy by leading you to pride or low self-esteem. There are no winners when you compare. When you measure your self-worth and you measure where you are based on somebody else's standards, based on somebody else's equation, based on somebody else's accomplishments, you either end up in pride or low self-esteem. Neither are God's plan for your life. In the case of pride, pride leads to folly and a fall. Pride leads you to making silly decisions. Pride leads you to feeling like you are worth more than other people. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, we see uh, a picture of Paul talking to some people who are doing this very thing. What was happening in this day is that uh, Paul would go and preach and uh, start a church and people would gather. But then other individuals would come and they would begin to put Paul down by comparing themselves saying that they were better than him at this. They were full of pride and they began to fool themselves up with how much better they were than somebody else. And this is Paul talking about them. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other. 
using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. What they were doing is saying, I'm this good and I'm great. And they were pointing out what was wrong in other people by saying that they were so great. And here, here Marie Kondo says this, and I think this is good. She says it about tidying, but this is applicable to life. And the Bible says something similar. It says the urge to point out somebody else's failure to tidy is usually a sign that you are neglecting to care of your own space. You are neglecting to take care of your own space. The Bible says it like this, that we can see the speck in our brother's eye, but we can't see the plank in our own eye. When we compare and use that comparison to lift us up, we will end up in pride and folly. Scripture says that pride goes before destruction. And in a practical way, these gentlemen who were doing this to Paul, their names are lost to history. But Paul's is still here to this day. And their pride caused them to fall. But I only can comparison lead to pride. But comparison can also lead to low self-esteem. They look better than me. They talk better than me. They, uh, I, you know, I may not be able to sing like Todd or preach like Pastor Marty, but we have to understand that God has called us on purpose to be a particular individual to accomplish a particular purpose. Here's what low self-esteem does. Low self-esteem leads to stunted growth and unfulfilled dreams. There are many times that we don't move forward. We don't accept and obtain all of what God has for us because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. We're comparing ourselves to how somebody else did it. When I first got here, um, the teaching pastor before I got here was Dave, an amazing, amazing individual who has a book out. Check it out. But when I first got here, I didn't know who he was. And I looked him up and I saw how amazing he was. And I was saying to God, how could I come here? I'm nothing like him. How how will that happen, Lord? And then to cement my apprehension when I got here, somebody and it. If it's you, don't worry. I don't remember who it is. It was when I met a whole bunch of (coughs) y'all. And I asked, she asked me, so where's your office? And I said, oh, they have me over on this other side. She was like, oh, you mean you're in Dave's office? What she was saying is, that's not your office. That's Dave's office. You're just keeping it warm for him. And again, Dave, I said it at nine. If you're watching, I am keeping it warm for you. Come visit us sometime. But what I had to realize is that God didn't call me to be Dave. God called me to be Mo. Likewise, in your life, the picture of the person you're comparing yourself to, the the person that you see and you, excuse me, you want to be like. God never called you to be them. God called you to be you. And here's a problem. This is what happens in Judges chapter four, verse eight and nine. 
is a man named Barack, not Obama, uh, Barack. And God had called him to do some amazing things. God had called him and Deborah, the prophet was telling him, God wants to use you to get victory. God wants to use you to save Israel. God wants to do some awesome things in your life. But because he compared himself. Because he had low self-esteem. Look at his response. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied. I will go with you. But you receive no honor in this venture. Here's the point. There are things that God wants to do in our lives. There are things that God wants to perform in our lives. But our low self-esteem stunts us from going forward. Because we're looking at how somebody else has done it. But you need to understand that God has called you to be an original. God has called you to do it, uh, be the first to do it or be the first to do it in that way. God wants to use you for his glory. It's not a time to compare. It's not a time to measure yourself to somebody else. What you need to focus on. And here, here's the good news. You need to pay attention to your own work. Pay attention to where God has called you to. Pay attention to your own work. Galatians 6 and 4 says something really powerful. It says, pay attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And if I can unpack this a little bit. What Paul was saying to them. The picture he was painting here. Is that God has given all of you gifts. But your gifts need to be developed. So I need you to pay attention to the gifts and the talents that God is giving you. Pay attention to the purpose that God has on your life and begin to develop it. The the image that he paints is a picture of a um a man who's a jeweler and uh they set the fire up when you get gold. I know y'all got nice bling but it didn't start that way. When it starts, it's impure. It has all of this uh, stuff on it. And they have to put it in a furnace and turn the fire up. And when that fire turns up, the impurities rise and they scrape the impurities off. And it's not until they can see their reflection in it that the gold is ready. And what Paul was saying to them is work on the craft that God is giving you. Develop the gifts and the talents on the inside of you. Because when you do that, not only will you have satisfaction, but the King James says that you can rejoice in your own work. You don't have to compare yourself to somebody else because you will realize that God has a place for me, that God wants to use me. And the way he wants to use me will give glory to his name. It will give glory to his name. You don't have to compare yourselves to anyone else. And when you pay attention to your own work, here's the fourth point. Is that when we pay attention to our own work, we can celebrate God's work in others. We won't be intimidated by God blessing somebody else because the same God who had done it for them, the same God who, who opened doors for them. Guess what? He's our God too. And he has plans for our lives. So get rid of the thoughts of comparison. I know you might look at somebody else and say, I'm not as strong as them, but guess what? You're strong enough to do what God has called you to do. 
I, I don't have the talents like them, but you will have enough talent to do what God has called you to do. And here's the bottom line. We can spark joy by letting go of comparison and embracing the unique assignment that God has given us. When we let go of the false lies, we let go of measuring ourselves to other people and believe what God says about us. We can spark joy in our lives. In a few moments, they're going to sing a song about what God says about you. And I want you to reflect on every place of comparison. Every place that you felt like you haven't measured up. And I want you to understand that God says you're enough. That the only standard that you have to live up to is the one God has set for your purpose and his plan for your life. Oh 
of every failure, God, you have every Thank you so much for this day. Thank you for showing us the comparison trap, God. I pray, God, that we would avoid comparison at all costs. That we would see ourselves through your eyes. We believe what you say about us. Father, I pray for every person who struggles with self-worth, who struggles with feeling like they measure up. And I pray, God, that you would give us the freedom to know that you already feel like we measure up. That you love us unconditionally. God, help us to surrender comparison and embrace the unique calling, the unique assignment that you have given us. And God, for the person who hasn't said yes to you as Lord and Savior, I pray, God, that today would be the day that they say yes. And if that's you, you can pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Save me and make me into the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.